from MPB Think Radio. This is Everyday Tech. I'm Sharita Brent here with Ashley Jeffcoat, Digital Media Director for MPB. Today we're talking about office tech. What do you need to set up an at-home office? Printers, fax machines, copy machines, scanners, a multi-line phone, wireless headsets. We'll talk about all the materials you need to set up an at-home office. You can give us a call at any time this morning at 877-MPB-RING with any questions or comments you may have. That's 877-672-7464. Or you can send an email to everydaytech at mpbonline.org. We'll be back right after the news. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sharita Brent in studio with Ashley Jeffcoat, Digital Media Director for MPB. And today we're going to talk about office technology. What kinds of things do you need to set up an office at home? Can you get an all-in-one scanner slash printer slash copy machine? Do you need a multi-line phone, a landline? We'll talk about all those things, wireless mouse, wireless keyboard. You can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. If you already have an office at home, tell us what do you have in it or if you need some assistance setting one up 877-672-7464 is the number we'll talk about what you need or you can also send us an email to everydaytech at mpbonline.org good morning ashley how are you i'm all right sharita how are you i'm doing very well a little piece of personal tech news for me i reduced the amount of data that I have on my phone plan. Mm -hmm. So it should also reduce the amount that I pay by about $70 or something like that. So, wow. Yes. I I basically cut it in half. It was, I think 32 gigs and now it was 30 gigs and now it's 16. That, wow, your phone bill must've been enormous. It wasn't enormous, but I noticed it. (laughs) And and then I'm going to tell you something that was really good. I was able to see on uh, the, my carrier's website, how much I was using a month. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, well, if I'm only using 10 or 12 gigs a month, well, I don't need 32. So yeah, yeah. that's a handy tool, uh, I think, for, for people to, to just take a look at how much you're using to make sure you're not overpaying for something. Yeah, and most carriers support that now. So it's not just um, whatever carrier you may be with. Pretty much every major carrier allows you to go in and look at how much data you use so you can mm-hmm. make a decision on whether or not you need to be spending as much as you are. I had a good laugh over the weekend watching um, TV. I don't watch a lot of live TV. Mm-hmm. Mostly I watch like Netflix and stuff like that. But so I was actually watching commercials this weekend and I was laughing at all the, don't you hate those Oh man. <laughs> at all the companies now that are like, you can now get unlimited data, unlimited data. And I'm like, see, like five years ago, everyone offered unlimited data. That mm-hmm. was the norm. And then they took it away from us. And now they're giving it back to us like it's some magical gift. I know. That's uh-huh. trickery. It's uh-huh. just not fair. It's a trick. Yeah. Uh, and I'm also considering upgrading my phone. But right now I have an installment plan for the phone I have now. So I technically would not be available for an upgrade until 
next December, yep. which is way too long. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it that long. So it gave me an option to either trade the phone in for a fee or to just pay outright for a new phone. And I said, yeah. no, no, we'll be doing yeah, that, we'll the, the we'll outright wait. thing. Uh, so hopefully my phone will, will last a little bit longer. I was going to ask you, it seems to be getting hot a little more often recently. How bad is that, that it's just warming up on me? I would be concerned about that, but Uh-oh. a good thing to keep, I mean, keep in mind that we are in the summer, so it's going to be hotter in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, if your phone is frequently getting pretty warm to the touch, it should not be doing that. Okay. So uh, It's I not going to like burn my hand or No, off. but it okay. can really harm the phone itself. Mm. You don't want your phone to get hot. Right. It's bad for the electronics and the components on the inside of the phone. So um, I would definitely see if it's doing it only when you're running certain apps. Okay. Because that may be part of the cause. I know that I've got a couple of games on my phone that it's just they're very intensive. And if I'm not in a place that's particularly cool, like if I'm outside for whatever reason, well, I mean, why would I ever be outside? What's that about? <laughs> but um, if I am outside and I'm using my phone, uh, there are some apps that I don't really like to use when mm-hmm. I'm outside just because of how much it makes my phone too hot and i love my poor little phone interesting okay uh do you have any other tech news uh yeah we can talk about the uh new app that facebook has launched oh yeah it's called um life stage and it is only available to i can't i, I can't speak from per- first-hand knowledge about how great or awesome or not so great this app might be because you must be under 21 to access it Okay, and how are they supposed to prove that you're under 21? I mean, you, anybody could go on and make an account and say that you're under 21. Right. Which is actually part of the scary thing when you think about from a how easy it might be for predators to be on an app like this, knowing that the target demographic is going to be younger. Oh, that is concerning. What what yeah. kind of app is this? It's basically a Snapchat clone. Oh, okay. But by Facebook. Hmm. It's um, primarily focused on video and sharing videos. Uh, you categorize your videos based on what you're taking a video of, so things that you like, things you don't like, stuff like that, and then mm-hmm. people can go to your profile and view them. You have a lot of filters and some frame-like things that you can put over top of the photos so that you can customize them the way you want. But, uh, yeah, it's it's by Facebook. Very interesting. And speaking of apps, you know, I'm kind of annoyed that the phones come with so many apps that you can't uninstall because they take up so much space. I find myself every week deleting one app just to download another one. And there are 15 more that I don't use, but they came pre-installed on the phone. And that's really unfortunate for me. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the good news is you're an Android user. You could always root your phone. Okay. And when you do that, you have a lot more options about taking apps off and removing them from your phone. Oh, okay. But Why haven't con- you done this for me yet, Ashley? <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe you've ever asked me to, Shubia. Okay, well, I'm asking now on the okay. break. Okay, all right, all right. Happen. We'll see what we can do. Um, but even then, you're still going to have apps that are required. Because mm-hmm. it's just like having, there's stuff that's going to be required on your computer. If you have a Windows computer, you have to have Internet Explorer. Right. You can't get rid of it. It needs it to function. Mm-hmm. So you're always going to have some stuff like that on your phone that you're just not going to be able to get rid of, as silly as some of those things may seem. Yeah. All right. So today we're going to be talking about what kinds of material you need when you are setting up a home office. And this is something that's pretty common. You have folks who are entrepreneurs, uh, folks who like to work at home, away from home. And I think people will be surprised by the kinds of things that you need uh, in an office. So that's what we're going to talk about. Uh, So firstly, just from a tech perspective, things like a phone. Uh, Would you recommend having a landline or a phone with, with multiple lines? 
kinds of, what are your thoughts on that? It depends on what your needs are. Typically, if you're doing a home office, you just need one line. Okay. You're not going to need multiple. And you might not even want to set up a traditional line, like through your phone company or through your cable company or through your DSL company, wherever you already get some of that wired into your home. You may want to look at some voiceover IP options, Mm -hmm. which allow you to use your internet connection to create a phone. It's often a lot cheaper and you have a lot more control. If you do decide later on that you need to add lines, you can do all kinds of pretty cool stuff with voiceover IP. Maybe your business grows and you want more than just a home office. You're looking at expanding into a location. Voiceover IP is you just pick it up and move it. Mm, okay. You don't have to worry. It's not tied to a specific location, so you don't have to worry about changing phone numbers or anything like that. It's um, a lot of really cool stuff that you can get out of that. And you can use it with your a standard phone. Almost all phones work with the voiceover IP system. Mm-hmm. So very easy to set up and very easy to use. Some folks may be intimidated by the idea of having to construct a home office. Is it as difficult as some may think or as expensive? It used to be a lot harder Hmm. than it is now. It's pretty straightforward now. And that's just because of how the Internet's changed everything. If you've got an Internet connection that goes to your home, setting up that home office now is super duper easy. Because you can do just about everything over the internet. We've already, we just mentioned voice over IP, so you can run your whole phone system over the internet. You can do faxing over the internet, so you don't have to get a separate line for a fax machine. Mm-hmm. You can run just about every single aspect of your business. So, um, talking about the internet, um, how much internet do you need as far as speed uh, when you're operating a home office? More. Okay. <laughs> Actually, and that's not even necessarily true anymore because we depend so much already on streaming services in our home that we already expect pretty fast internet. And what you get for that is going to be fine for your home business. Um, unless you are dealing in media streaming out of your home, which I, I, I do not recommend you do that, um, just because you're not going to be able to compete with any online service that you can use for that. But um, for just standard internet use, the line that you probably that you already have is probably great. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. And uh, actually, I, I kind of want to throw in also just like pet peeves at, oh, yeah. in the work office, like uh, folks being on the computer and their volume is up really loudly and you're right <laughs> next to them in the office. So I'm going to throw that, throw that in there as well. If you're listening this morning, you have any pet peeves when you're at the work I've office, give us, give us a call at 877-MPV-RING. We're going to get ready for a break. But if you have any comments or questions about how to set up an at-home office, you can give us a call. Maybe you have one set up already and you have materials in it let us know what's set up in yours how does yours operate 877 mpb ring is a number if you have any general questions about printers or scanners or things like that give us a call at 877-672-7464 or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org this is think radio This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. 
And welcome back to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sharita Brent in studio with Ashley Jeffcoat, Digital Media Director for MPB. And today we're talking about office tech. What do you need to set up an at-home office? We'll talk about that throughout the hour. And also we're asking what are your pet peeves when it comes to working with other people in a professional office? If you want to give us a call about that, just to vent a little bit, yeah. we have the lines open for you. 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Nancy is in Byram. Good morning, Nancy. What do you have for us? Good morning, Sharita. Good morning, Ashley. I love your show, and you're so helpful. Thank you. My question is this. Is it possible to totally wreck a printer simply by putting in for a few seconds the wrong set of cartridges? Hmm. Yes, it is possible. Uh, Is it? Yeah. Um, Because of the way the cartridges can be inserted into that printer, even putting in the wrong ones could end up breaking the ca- the cradle that holds the cartridge. Mm. And then you won't be able to put anything else in it or you can't get those old cartridges back out. And even if you do, you may break something in the process. Okay. Uh, I don't know whether I've actually done that, but I do know this. On the printer I had for the last three years, I installed a set of cartridges that I had bought at a popular discount large store, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and um, that set of cartridges produced an error message when I installed it. Mm -hmm. It was the correct number in terms of the brand number, you know, uh, the digit, I mean, the numbers they put on the outside of the box. I had the correct number, but for some reason, either I didn't install it properly or whatever, I got an error message. Mm -hmm. So that printer, I figured I had ruined, so I bought a new one. I put accidentally the old set of cartridges in this new printer for maybe five minutes before I realized I'd done the wrong thing. And now I have an error message on the brand new printer. Yeah. So with that brand new one, that one may actually have a problem. I would try the old, the old one though may not. Um, because I if, wondered about that. Yeah. I, it could just be that they were installed wrong or if they were off brand, that can have an no, impact as well. Hewlett Packard. So it might have just been, because if you follow the numbers and that they should be the right cartridges, they may just be installed wrong. Um, you want to make okay. sure you pull that little pull tab out on them before you oh, put I've them in. I've done all of yeah. that. I, I've done all the, I mean, I got into the cartridges just fine. Yeah. Um, but I just, I put the wrong set of, I put a set of cartridges for the old printer into the new one for under five minutes before I realized yeah. I put the wrong set in. Because I had two new sets, one for the old printer and oh, one man. for the new printer. So it's, at any rate, I, I'm I'm afraid I've wrecked both printers. I hope not. Yeah, I, but the, thank you for, for at least confirming my theory. Yeah, the, I would try back to that old one. It may still work. And you never know, the new one may work just fine, too, if you just put the right cartridges in. It's still possible it can work without giving you any error messages. I would try it first before writing them off entirely. All right, Nancy, thank you so much for your call. I appreciate it. We are going next to... David, who's on the road with a home office comment or question. Good morning, David. Good morning. Hey. Uh, I was wondering, I'm changing Internet providers and I'm to, on the Internet modem and router. Should I get them together, separate? Uh, we use it for a little bit of office, mostly for home. And I'll listen to an answer offline. I'll, I'll, you know, hang up yeah. and listen to you. But I didn't know which one's better or what, which way to go. That's a really good question, David. And there's a couple of different ways you can go about it. 
Um, okay. Typically, when you get um, from a technology standpoint, it's usually a lot easier if you have a router modem combo. But you can almost always, you will almost always have a more powerful router if you buy one separately. So especially if you're dealing with an older home that may have some shielding issues or maybe a home that has a metal roof, where you're really going to need that more powerful router, it might be worth it to buy one separate from your modem. But um, if you are, if you have a smaller area to cover, you're probably fine with a modem router combo. But typically buying them separately means you're going to get higher quality on both. But you will be spending more money that way, too. Thank oh. you very much. Mm-hmm. All right, David, thank you for your call. We're staying on the phones, going next to Sandra, who's in Olive Branch. Good morning, Sandra. Um, I had two questions, actually. First one is about my wireless printer that has worked beautifully until they had to come out and install a new modem after a storm we had, and it has not been communicating as well, and I have to manipulate something about security on or security off, mm-hmm. and I just, I don't know how to, I don't know if something maybe is wrong with my printer and it's just not working right, or if it has something to do with the new modem that was put in. What kind of printer do you have? Hewlett Packard. It could be something with the new router just needing to be reset up. Have you gone back through and um, set your printer back to, like, factory settings and just reset it back up through the inter- the new with the new modem i guess i have not because i was i'm always scared about pushing those reset buttons because i think i did that one time on my phone and i lost everything <laughs> yeah good news is there's not anything to really lose on a printer okay so um i would try that i would just start back over and go straight through the setup again okay and it'll detect it because it might be that the router has some different security settings built into it or it might even have did your um like home network name change no but i did get the whole little sticker that has all the new all the new numbers and no my my whatever word username all that is still the same yeah um, I I would try to just set it up again and just okay. go through the whole setup process. And that usually, especially when you get new equipment like that, mm-hmm. that's the easiest way to fix just about any problem that you have. Okay. Well, and then I have a quick other question about podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, when you subscribe to them on your phone, or is that taking up space on your phone, or is that just or not? Depends on how on what podcast app you're using and how you have it set up. Most podcast apps usually have a default setting that you can tell it to download the most recent episode. Uh-huh. And when it downloads those episodes, that is going to take up space on your phone. You can also tell them to just stream the episodes, and that's not going to, that'll only temporarily take up space on your phone. Okay. Once you've listened to it, it'll be gone. Okay. Um, but it depends on the app, and it depends on um, how you have it set up. Well, I'm, I'm trying to go through the app, just the podcast app on my phone. Is, do you have an iPhone? I think by default, it downloads like the the most five most recent episodes. Right. So that can take up a lot of space really quickly. Uh-huh. Um, I would go in and you should be able to change the settings, not just generally on the app, but even specifically for every podcast. Uh-huh. And um, tell it how many episodes you want it to download and keep so okay. that you can control that. I'm looking, I'm pulling it up on my phone right now to see if well, I can. Well, at what point do you let it? 
do you at where, 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 what point does it ask you whether you want to stream it or download it? Um, usually when you are, if you're in the podcast that you've picked, whatever podcast you're subscribed to, it's usually in the settings. Otherwise, it just assumes that you want it to download, I think. Okay. Okay, well, thank you so much. Okay, no problem. Sandra, thank you so much for your call. Uh, because once you download an episode, it just stays on your phone forever until you delete it. It doesn't expire, right? Depends on the app. Oh, okay. Um, the podcast app that I use, I use Pocket Casts, and it does automatically delete things mm-hmm. as I listen to them. And so, when you're streaming, you have to have an internet connection to do that? Yes, that's okay. the biggest thing to keep in mind. All right. Uh, we're going to Ronnie, who's in Kosciuszko. Good morning, Ronnie. What do you have for us? Yes, ma'am. I just recently got me an iPhone. It's been a long time waiting, but I finally broke down and got me an iPhone. And <laughs> the question is, uh, if I don't if I don't have my data turned on, uh, mm-hmm. if it's if it's just uh, laying there, not, not, you know, not using it. Uh, some people work said just leave it on. It's not going to you know use hardly any of your data. Just leave it on instead of going in there and cutting it on and off every time. Is that true? It can be. Um, it does depend a little bit on what you've got going on in the background on your phone. Um, if you have things that are going to automatically download, that's going to take up data unless you're connected to a Wi-Fi connection. Like that lady was just talking about. Yeah. Podcast. Yeah. Now, if you have your, if you're connected to Wi-Fi, your phone yeah. is going to automatically use Wi-Fi over data, regardless of whether or not you have data turned on or not. So if you're if you're turning data off in a place where you have a Wi-Fi connection, you don't have to worry about that. It'll automatically go for Wi-Fi connection first. But when I'm out traveling, yeah, if you're while you're out traveling, if you are concerned about something downloading, you can just turn it off. Um, but if you don't have anything like that set up on your phone, it's probably only using a very minimal amount of data. Okay, okay, that was my question. Mm-hmm. All right, Ronnie, thank you for your call. Uh, We have a couple emails. This one, I think, is in response to me. Uh, It's about the Android phone regularly overheating. She said, try replacing the battery. I extended the life of my Motorola Milestone phone by ordering a new battery from Amazon. It was easy to install, cost much less than getting it from cell phone provider, charged more quickly, and held a charge better, and my phone lasted until my contract was up. So what do you think about that, me just getting a new battery? uh, Replacing your battery, especially when you're having overheating problems, problems on your phone can be a really great solution. Mm -hmm. Um, The biggest thing that I always caution is if you're going to replace the battery, make sure you also have good quality charging cables because that's the fastest way to kill a battery. Oh, that explains my problem. mm -hmm. Yeah, I've gotten charging cables from the gas station. I mean, you name it, Walgreens. When I'm I'm in a bind and I'm in the car and... Yeah. Tut, tut, tut. <laughs> um, if you want to really make, if you're going to go through the effort of buying a new battery, make sure you've got a good quality charging cable too, so you don't have to keep replacing your battery. I can't keep up with them. Like, this is why I don't have a child. If I can't keep up with a charging <laughs> cable, how will I keep up well, with a child? Well, the charging cable does not talk to you. That's true. And the child will probably make at least some noise. Yeah. <laughs> to help you find it. Uh, we, we've had, a, <laughs> that's true. We've had a couple calls about printers. And so, uh, Ashley, when it comes to setting up uh, your at-home office, what do you think about just getting a machine that's multi-purpose? So it's a printer and it's also a scanner and these other things. It can make copies as well. Do you think that's the, the best investment? Generally speaking, yes. Um, and of course, there's always going to be exceptions to every rule. If whatever it is that you do at home is very reliant on printing, you may want a higher yield printer. Um, and that's something to keep in mind because sometimes as you get into higher and higher yield printers, you're not always going to have a good quality scanner and copier with it. So you might want to get like 
a regular fax scanner printer copier combo and then one really nice high yield printer. Mm-hmm. If you if scanning is particularly important to your job, you want to get a good flatbed scanner and okay. and rely more on that. But for general purposes, you that combo is by far and away the easiest thing to go for. Well, what are your thoughts on a paperless home office not um, accumulating a lot of papers and things that you you won't have to shred, but we'll talk about that too, also having a shredder for sensitive documents. But is it possible to just have a a paperless home office where you store everything on a computer or a server? Yeah, for sure. Just make sure that you have a secure place to store your information because, you know, I mean, or you can, you know, know, cutting down on the amount of paper certainly cuts down the amount of office furniture you need to buy. So, hey, good idea. File cabinets. Yeah, you don't need all of that. And there's probably always going to be some things like tax documents that you may want to keep paper copies of. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's never going to, you can completely eliminate the need for paper if you get like a scanner and you scan everything in and then you get rid of the original paper copy. But for most people, you're probably still going to have some paper lurking around. But um, from a general standpoint, you can easily go paperless, especially if you're building your office around that plan. Mm -hmm. Going paperless is the best thing you can do easily, but... um, It's not hard. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we'll continue the conversation about how to set up an at-home office. You can give us a call if you have any questions about printers, monitors, computers, and things that you may need inside that office. Give us a call. If you have one already set up and running, let us know uh, what do you have in it and uh, how are you operating it. Give us a call this morning, 877-MPB-RING. We do have some lines open. Matter of fact, all of them are open, so you can come on and uh, join the conversation. Also, since we're talking about office stuff, If you have any pet peeves, things that people do in the office that annoy you that's tech-related, like listening or playing games on the phone really loudly in the office, call us at 877-672-7464 or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. This is Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sherita Brent in studio with Ashley Jeffcoat, Digital Media Director for MPB. Today we're talking about office tech. What do you need to set up an at-home office? If you have any questions or comments about that, uh, like what kind of computers you need, some type of monitor, what kind of internet, router, modem, things that you need for an at-home office. If you have questions or comments about that, give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. We do have several lines open if you want to join the conversation. 877-672-7464 or email everydaytech at MPB online.org um and i've thrown out the question about office pet peeves ashley you said you had Mm -hmm. a few i'm just curious to know what those are oh well um i think it's always good office etiquette that if you are working in an office with anybody 
um, to not be super loud, especially if you decide you want to listen to music in your office or uh, watch a video. Talk on the phone. Or, you know, talking on the phone, anything like that. If you, The quieter you can be and conscientious of the people around you, the better. Yeah. Um, that's always a, a good rule of thumb. If you do have to have a loud conversation, that's it happens. It's cool. But um, it shouldn't be like if you're on speakerphone talking at full volume and you've got your speakerphone on full volume, <laughs> that does um, it, it. First of all, it's a little bit rude to the people you're speaking with because they're now on blast. Yeah. <laughs> and if they're have if you are having a conversation that may be sensitive in nature, they the whole office now knows what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So that's something to keep in mind. And it's a little rude if you've got people in the office next to you who may be having a meeting yeah. or something and they can hear you. Um, so it's just, you know, keep in mind, always try to keep it at a inside volume. Um, but even outside of that, like I can deal with it if it's work related, but if you're listening to music or watching a video that is not work related and it is at full, like full on hundred percent volume, you've yeah. turned it up to 11, we're going to have some words. I'll tell you what annoys me, uh, as far as offices, long emails, really long, pointless wordy emails just get to the point i'm gonna start sending you the <laughs> longest emails possible and i'm gonna send them all to my spam folder you just wait you just wait i want to see how many i'm gonna get the 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 dictionary out and i'm just gonna start getting the big words Those, it's so unfortunate because I, i'm sure i'm missing some important probably. things but after i see it's a whole essay i'm like what is this like just get well, to the point in the first paragraph well, what sometimes not everything can be in one like two sentences sometimes you well, gotta have some more space come talk to me then <laughs> uh ted is in daphne have lots of calls to get to going first to ted in daphne alabama good morning ted what do you have for us uh good morning uh i have a a simple question uh and i'm just trying to stamp out a little of my own ignorance i need to know what's the difference between a modem and a router. And the reason I ask is back, you know, in like 97, 98, when I got my first desktop computer for home, you know, I had to have both. And now I've got a son that's going to college and, you know, he's just using the laptop. And at home now we just use laptops. We don't use a desktop anymore. And, you know, we love the wireless and everything. So do I really ever need a modem again? And and what was it for in the first place? So you probably, um, you have a in your home internet connection. Um, do you have uh, the the router that you use? Is that supplied by your internet service provider? No, it's not. And 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 that's what happened back in the days of Bell South and stuff. They actually sent us a modem and everything. Mm-hmm. But but no, I no longer have a, a modem. Or I had to buy my own router. Yeah. Um, chances are you, you there's probably a modem somewhere in your home because you have to have one. A modem is essentially what allows you to it, it kind of translates that's the signal that's coming from your internet service provider to something that um you can then use because like most of them they'll connect to the the home phone line that you have or they'll connect to your um cable provider and that um allows you to actually access the internet so you have to have uh, you have to have a router or a modem of some kind. It's it's like the go-between between between your internet connection and the internet service provider. What the router does is it just takes an internet connection and shares it. So you okay. can you can use a router to create a Wi-Fi network that you can all connect to, um, and it usually connects back to the modem, and it's taking the internet connection that you that the modem is getting from the internet service provider. The router is taking the connection from the modem and sharing it to the rest of you. Most okay. internet service providers provide a combo router 
and modem these days so that you don't really have to see there's not really much of a difference to most users but i'm, I'm kind of curious about your setup who's your internet service provider at&t um hmm because i know that at&t does still use modems for their service including um uverse service but it might be built into the um their their boxes essentially that you might use for television as well i think it might all be built in together so, like, my, my son who just started college a couple of weeks ago, you know, we were just told to get a wireless uh, router. I think I'm using the right one, the mm-hmm. router. And, and and that's all he needed. You know, he had went to the bookstore, bought one, and then, you know, set it up, and he was ready to go. So yeah. I guess there's a modem already being provided by the college? Yes. The way the college is even, college is a lot more complicated because they usually have a direct line. And they bypass the idea of a modem entirely by doing it all themselves. Most, especially at a big college, chances are they've got a direct, like, line run to the college that's right off of a trunk, usually. So it's pretty, pretty hefty, fast internet. And there's no need for anyone to have a, a student would never need a modem for that. Great. Well, thank you very much. All right, Ted. Thank you for your call. All right. We're going next to Gary, who's in Carrollton. Good morning, Gary. What do you have for us? Hey, Gary. How are y'all today? Hey, doing well. Awesome. I enjoy listening to y'all. Thank you but, so uh, much. I have a, uh, I have a desktop mm-hmm. computer, and I have the, the modem and all that. And uh, one day we had a storm, and uh, evidently somehow the lightning came through my modem into my computer. And anyway, I couldn't connect to the Internet anymore. So what I did is I went and got one of those to say, I guess it's a router or whatever that I can plug into the motherboard in the computer because the other one was built into it. Mm-hmm. And now the computer doesn't work quite as well as it did. I was just wondering if there was anything I could do to make it work, you know, kind of like it did before. Well, it sounds like there might have been some pieces that got a little fried. Yeah. And unfortunately, the only thing you can really do to get that computer working would be to replace those. And if it's yeah, well, a component I, on the I, motherboard, you might as well just replace the whole computer. Yeah. Well, I, I got it to work, and, you know, with that uh, little gizmo that I bought that just plugged into the, into one of the slots in the motherboard. Mm-hmm. But it just doesn't work as well. It, you have to wait on it a lot of times. Sometimes it just freezes up stuff. So. Yeah. But that was my question, though, so I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much, Bye-bye. Gary. And they make some that you can plug um, that might work a little bit better than the one that you have gotten. It's, you know, there's a whole bunch of different brands out there um, that may work better. But unfortunately, they probably will never work quite as well as the onboard networking stuff. Yeah, yeah. I was curious why it didn't mess the the modem and stuff up, you know, uh, because I had the the computer was plugged into one of those uh, search protectors and stuff, you know. But the modem, it came through the phone line or whatever on the, you know, that plugs into my modem. Then it, with yeah. that, uh, that yellow cord that plugs to my computer, mm-hmm. it came through there and, I don't know, done something in the computer. And after then, I heard it pop. You know, we heard something pop in the house and I couldn't figure out what it was. But the next time I tried to get on the Internet, I figured out that's what it was with my computer. So but, Yeah. You know, I don't <laughs> I don't trust, uh, unless I get a really high-quality surge protector, I don't trust the little ones that you can just buy. Um, 
because they most of them don't actually protect against stuff like that. Hmm. So there's no telling exactly how that piece got fried and how it ended up bypassing something else to get to it. There's 15 million different reasons why it could have, for whatever reason, decided to not break something but to break something else. Yeah. I've had some really weird ones happen on my end. Okay. Quick email. This one is from Louie. I'm on AT&T DSL, not fiber optic. AT&T keeps trying to get me to change to fiber optic. Noticed in their info sheet that Wi-Fi usage is counted on the fiber optic hookup. I thought Wi-Fi did not affect data usage on my DSL. New plan would be cheaper, but I'm happy as it is. Any comments? Um, and I'm not an expert on what AT&T's current offerings are. Um, and I think that with um, their fiber optic service, their U-verse service, they are, um, the Wi-Fi is just kind of built in oh, to okay. it. It's built in as part of the service itself. So it, it might just be a change in terminology and not actually a change in usage. Mm-hmm. Um, and that might be what you're looking at is they may be referring to Wi-Fi as a separate thing, but it's not actually, it's just your internet connection. It's just, they, they keep changing the the terminology for stuff like that to try and make it easier for people, which always ends up confusing someone else. <laughs> right. That's been my experience. <laughs> All right. A few calls to get to. We're going first to Alan, who's in Brandon with a comment. Good morning, Alan. What do you have for us? Hey, Sharita and uh, Ashley. Uh, yeah, I just have a general comment about uh, 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 the whole iCloud and, 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 and data services. I think, Sharita, it kind of ties into what you said earlier about unlimited data and uh, stuff. I, you know, I realize I'm a bit of a dinosaur. I've always been a, a bit hesitant about totally total dependence on uh, streaming services and, 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 and using the cloud for everything. I, I've always been a bigger fan of, of, of downloading stuff to my local computer and managing it myself. Now, I realize not everybody's like that, but when it comes to buying a phone, I'm, I'm always a big advocate of, of buying a phone that has the largest capacity because I like to manage my own data and I like to manage my stuff locally. Because We're going to get to a point at some point, I'm afraid, where we're going to become totally dependent on a, a, a streaming service and, 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 and buying your data and having, a, having to have a huge data plan. And when... When that happens, they, they've got you because whoever, whoever's providing the service, they're, they're going to want your money to provide it to you. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, so, you know, I, and I realize it's hard to find the right, you know, the right point to be at. But uh, I, I just have always preferred to, to, to have my own storage that I manage myself rather than either doing it all in the cloud or doing it all cellularly because, yeah, I, I just don't like being dependent on these providers. That, and, and I realize it, it's going to get to a point where you, I may not have a choice, but I, I'm a firm believer in getting a phone and just paying for it up front and, and getting the most capacity on your phone and not worrying about uh, downloading stuff to your device. Because, I mean, I mean, if you get a device that's got 128 gigabytes, it'll hold a lot of stuff. It will. And, uh and I'm also a firm believer in having a large capacity on your local computer, just having a big hard drive. I mean, that, that stuff has is, is gotten dirt cheap now. It is. Space, so, yeah. space has gotten really cheap. And a lot of that is because of the advent of cloud computing. 
because they are so dependent on having huge storage facilities that it makes those kind of cloud computing options a lot more affordable than they used to be and a lot easier to maintain and run and, and keep it scalable. Um, so I think that as far as your prediction of the future, you're absolutely right. Um, in the future, we are going to be depending more and more and more on streaming our information and to the point where we will even be running apps through the cloud and not even running them locally. Mm. Um, and that's just part of the broadening of the internet. The biggest hurdle that we'll have before we can get there though, is that we've got a lot of infrastructure improvements to make the, um, network as we have it right now in, in our country is it's strong, but there's some improvements that need to be made from an individual service provider perspective and their own bits of the backbone that make up the internet in order for it to, to work as well as it needs to and to have the bandwidth support that it would need to function like that. And it's a thing that's happening, but it's happening very slowly. All right, Alan, thank you so much for your call. We go next to Louise, who's in Mobile. Good morning, Louise. What do you have for us? I wonder. I take pictures on my with my iPhone and mm-hmm. my iPad, and they automatically show up in my laptop. I delete them on one of those three devices. Will it delete them on all three of them? It depends. Chances are it's probably loading them through iCloud. Right. Um, And you can, in theory, manage those pictures from every device. Um, So you could tell it to delete one from one place and it will delete it from all three. Oh, there's an option? Yeah. You should be able to, as a general rule, I think that's kind of like how they function. For the most part. But if I don't, I don't remember seeing an option like that. That's the reason I'm calling. So if I don't, it usually deletes them on all three. Is that what you're saying? Um, If you have um, iCloud photo library on your computer and you, it's it's like the default. So there isn't a special option that you have to turn on. Okay. All right. But I also have a little camera still, and sometimes I take pictures on those, and I have to manually load them onto my laptop. Right. And they're just the two of them connected, and one deletes the other? Um, once you have it connected to your computer, yeah, at that point, once anything you move off of that camera and onto the computer, it's not going to be on the camera anymore. It'll just be on your okay. computer. And then you can put it in your iCloud, too, and those pictures will also appear on all of your devices, and you can manage them from wherever. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Okay. Louise, thank you for your call. We need to take a break. When we get back, we have Matt and Alan to get to and some emails as well. So stay tuned to Everyday Tech. The number is 877-MPB-RING. If you have any questions or comments, you want to join the conversation, we've been talking about how to set up a home office. 877-672-7464 is the number or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. This is Think Radio.
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sharita Brent in studio with Ashley Jeffcoat, Digital Media Director for MPB. This morning we've been talking about how to set up a home office, and we have an email. This one is from Karen. She says, my HP laser printer is not wireless and just prints in black. The toner cartridge is fairly expensive, but lasts for a very long time. I would like to buy a wireless color laser printer, but I'm concerned about the cost of the cartridges. Any information or suggestions on a brand that has cartridges that also last a long time? Also, her pet peeve in the office is people who stop by my desk for a reason, but linger around and visit while I am trying to work. Amen, Karen. Oh, man. <laughs> what gets me is the people that will stop by my office for a reason. Somebody else will walk by and they will start talking in my office door, but not to me. Oh, boy. I know. That one gets me every time. And it every would be time. so rude if you just shut the door. I know. I'm, yeah. But I'm, I'm kind of like, okay. shut the front door. <laughs> Please. I, I really need to concentrate on what I'm doing. Right. Yeah. So for your printer, um, I would not bother with looking at a laser jet. Because inkjet printers have gotten so good that you can get a really, really awesome inkjet printer. And it's going to be a lot cheaper in the long run for you to maintain. Um, The problem that you'll have is with any printer, depending on how much printing you're doing, is going to really determine um, how long any cartridges are going to last. Mm -hmm. So what you want to look for is a printer that will take the larger, because there are printers that take larger size cartridges. And that's going to be what you want to look for. And so you're also going to look for a higher yield printer. Um, That means that it's made to print more paper. (laughs) It's just made to print more. And that's going to ultimately decide, like, how long those cartridges are going to last and how long the printer itself is going to last with all the printing that you might do. So think there's a lot of different things to keep in mind when you're looking at printers. But um, from what you're describing, I would just go for an inkjet. I wouldn't worry about going laser jet because inkjet is typically a lot cheaper for individual users. Laser jet's really more for, like, businesses that are doing serious amounts of printing. Okay. And um, a uh, high-yield printer if you're going to be doing a lot. All right. A few more things to squeeze in here. Matt is in Oxford with a charging cables comment. Good morning, Matt. Good morning. Hey. So uh, I heard you guys talking about the importance of using good uh, cables to charge your phones. Yes. And that's something uh, I'm definitely guilty of, as Ms. Sharita was talking about, just kind of picking one up from Walgreens or the gas station. So I was wondering what types of specifications are you looking for in a good cable? And does it matter if you're charging it from your computer or just straight from the wall? Good question. Yeah. So typically speaking, when you're looking at what makes a good cable, the easiest way to decide is price. Mm-hmm. If that cable, if the charging cable is less than $15, it's probably made very cheaply. Okay. Um, oh, so I thought I was getting a deal when I bought that $3 cable from yeah. Yeah, Walgreens. I've got, I've got a couple of those myself. <laughs> yeah. I, I think we all do. And <laughs> it's one of those things, they work in a pinch. But um, you want to spend a, about $15 or more on a good cable. It depends on the length of the cable. The longer right. it is, the more you're going to want to spend on it. Because if you get a really long cable for cheap, chances are it is not a very good quality cable. Right. Don't worry about all that gold plating stuff that a lot of cables talk about. That stuff doesn't actually matter. <laughs> um, what okay. matters more than anything is the quality of the cable itself. So how long that part's going to last. 
right. um, and the connector between the charging port and the cable itself. You don't want those to fall apart either. And the gotcha. stronger that is, the better it is. All right, Matt, thank you for your call. We appreciate it. An email and then another call to get to. This one is from Ray. Do you think they will ever improve cell phone reception to the extent that we don't have to step on the other person's conversation? This doesn't seem to happen when I talk on the landline, but trying to have a conversation on the cell phone is more challenging when you and the other party start to speak at the same time. Um, it, it's a thing that will probably improve. Um, it's a thing that it's more common with cell phone conversations, I think, and uh, there's just a little bit more of a delay. Mm-hmm. But it is not impossible that that will end up improving over time, especially as we get into um, higher t- level technology with our wireless providers. All right. Last call goes to Alan, who's on the road. Good morning, Alan. Hello. Hi. You're on the you're on the air. Okay. I, uh, my question, uh, I, I, I kind of have two if I'm not being too nosy. I wanted to know what kind of drawer you had and, there was a comment made earlier about the modem and router that that the power, if I didn't misunderstand, said that the power was stronger if they were separate. And I wanted to know why why she made that comment. You know why 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 is that? Okay, uh, I have an HTC Desire I, and the best feature about it is it has a front-facing flash. Uh, so I've had it for a while, and it, it just has started getting hot. Part of that is probably because it's always in my hand. Otherwise, it is a pretty good phone. Yeah. Okay. All right. (laughs) (laughs) So as far as your question about routers and modems, the reason that um, a router that you buy that's standalone is going to be more powerful is typically because it's made with one purpose in mind, and that's boosting that signal and getting as much power out of it as possible. Um, A modem is typically going to have – it has a a couple of other purposes that it serves, and it won't always be able to be as powerful as a modem that you – or a router that you can buy that is devoted to – being super duper strong they make some combos that are really great but ultimately if you're looking for a powerful router buying the router separately you're going to get way more bang for your buck okay i guess the reason i had were you know uh usually the services i had they used to have a certain amount of download speed that they would uh, give you anyway yeah that was, that was why i was asking yeah that's determined by your internet service provider not by the count of router that you have All right, Alan, thank you very much for that question. Uh, Last email, I rent a motor from Comcast for $10 a month. Would it be better to buy one instead? Um, If you're going to be using your Comcast service for more than a year and a half, it's going to be cheaper for you to buy one. Okay, here's another one. What about charging amperage 2.1 through 1.5 or what's best? Ooh, I don't know off the top of my head. Okay, we'll look into that one. Yeah, we'll get get back. All right, uh, joke. Uh, What do you call an alligator that wears a vest? Oh, an investigator. Yeah. Yes, I heard that one before. Yeah, I got one. Good job. Good job. (laughs) All right, Ashley, thank you so much for your expertise. Thank you. We're we're shaking hands for some reason. I don't know why. People can't see, but we are. It's happening. This is unity here. Hey, download our podcast. Yes. How do you do that? Uh, MPBonline.org. There's podcasts down at the bottom. Click on it. All right, we want to win, folks. Thank you, Jonas, for running our board and our wonderful call screener, who I don't know who it was. Thank you so much, um, Kevin Farrell, Will, Sam. Okay, coming up next, Southern Remedy right here on MPB Think Radio.